today we're going to be talking less, as I promised yesterday, and we're going to be doing a bit more. So we are going to get practical, um, and we're going to try doing some stuff, okay? So we're going to uh, do a bit of an exercise later, which you guys are going to get involved in. Um, and we're going to be talking a lot about praying and through the scripture, so praying through God's word. If you, any of you have been to um, the morning prayer meetings at nine o'clock, Livy's been talking loads about this, about praying through scripture. Um, and scripture is obviously really important. God's word's really important. And when we you read scripture, it should lead us, it's like a springboard into prayer. Um, the Bible is really vital, isn't it, for our lives? Okay, so when we read the Bible, we get a true perception of who God is, okay? And when um, we read the Bible, it should fuel us to pray. We shouldn't just read it and be like, oh, carry on with our day. It should fuel you. Something should happen in you. It should fuel you to pray. Um, God reveals himself to you as you read truth. Um, and by his spirit, he then inspires you to pray. So scripture on the screen, we should, I think it should come up. Scripture either tells us something about God and Christ so we can see him or something they have done so that we can thank him or what God expects so we can cry out for his help or something we've failed to do so that we can confess. The Bible is always doing one of these four things. It's always doing something so you can see God, so you can thank God, so you can cry out to God, or so you confess something to God. Everything you read should be doing one of those elements. So therefore, everything you read should be leading you to pray one of these elements or one or more of these elements. Um, it's easy, isn't it? When, I don't know about you, but when um, sometimes, confession point, but sometimes when I read the Bible, um, I blunder in reading the Bible very selfishly, thinking I've just got to get it over and done with, tick it, tick that box for the day, um, then I can say I've read the Bible for the day, I've done that thing for the day. I don't know if you guys ever feel like that or if that's just me. Um, and that's the wrong attitude to approach God's word with. We should be approaching God's word thinking, God, I'm about to come and read your word and I need your help to read this. And we should be saying, God, we know this is It's food for our soul. It's going to nourish us. It's going to do us good. And we're hungry for more of you. It's going to do us good. God, help me to get out of this what you want me to get out of this. Help me to be satisfied, to eat truth, and for it to change me, not for it to just be mere words that I'm reading. Um, And not to just tick a list and say, I've done my deed for the day. So if we approach with hunger and ask the Holy Spirit to reveal truth to us, I believe that you won't not be able to pray. If that is the way you approach reading God's word, um, with hunger and asking God to reveal himself, I think it will be impossible for you to not pray after you've read his word. Things will happen in your soul um, and it will just make you want to talk to God. So I don't know how um, easy you find reading the Bible. Put your hand up if you find reading the Bible really easy. One slight hand, that was it. Okay, some of you maybe just don't want to boast. Um, I find reading the Bible really hard. I really struggle with it, and I always have ever since I was really little. Um, I love reading God's Word. I love reading. Um, I did my degree in English literature. I had to read loads. I just love reading. Um, And I get really excited about books when I read them. And I get really excited about God's Word when I read it, when I read it. Um, It excites me, and whatever I've read, because I talk a lot, um, I talk about it to people. I'm like, I want people to know about it. Um, And whenever I read it, I think, why don't I read this more? It's like, I love it. It's so exciting. But actually, the first stumbling block for me with reading God's Word is picking my Bible up and opening it and doing it. Um, 
But that isn't just because it's hard work. I don't know if that's how you feel. It's hard work or you just don't understand it when you read it. Just because it's hard work, like we were saying yesterday with prayer, doesn't mean that we should have the excuse to not do it. It doesn't mean that we can let ourselves off the hook really easily and say, well, it's too hard work, so I'm just not going to bother. The Bible's an amazing book, and it's God's Word. And it's a hard slog sometimes, but um, reading it with the Holy Spirit is the way forward. It completely changes the way you read it. And for me, I go into schools a lot, as I was saying yesterday, and, and I explain it to children and young people. Like, when you're reading the Bible with the Holy Spirit and inviting the Holy Spirit to bring revelation through reading it. It's like reading a pop-up book. It's a bit like, as you read it, things like spring out at you. Um, Whereas if I just read it without the Holy Spirit and just try and blunder in with selfish desire, it's just words on a page. Okay, today, the reason I'm talking about all of this is because we're going to be using Scripture to pray. So we're going to read a little bit of Scripture in a minute. um, And we're going to start really small. So if you're thinking, oh my goodness, like I'm not very good at reading, not very good at understanding the Word. I don't want you to panic or to worry. We're starting really simple, really basic. Um, We're going to start with a couple of verses. um, And you will be able to do it. Every person in the room will be able to do it. Okay, so put your hand up if you have a microwave in your house. Look at that. Loads of people have a microwave in their house. Okay, anyone got a favourite microwave? Turn to the person next to you and say what your favourite thing to eat is that's cooked in the microwave. When I was little, not little, when I was a teenager, this is gross, my favourite thing to eat in the microwave, right, used to, I don't even know if you can still buy them. When I think about it, I'm like, what was I doing eating them? You could buy like a frozen doner kebab that you then put in the microwave and heat up. And I used to like, they're amazing, amazing. They're my favourite microwave meal, so... I've got a microwave in my house, and, and I use now, nowadays, I use my microwave for like, heating up beans and maybe starting off a jacket potato. That's probably about it. Um, but when I was younger, um, the microwave was a bit of a lifeline, because when I first went to uni, like, I couldn't really cook, so I'd do everything in the microwave. Um, so it's a bit of a lifeline. And I'm probably a bit older than some of you in the room. Um, so when I look at your the generation, the younger generation coming through, I think it's a bit of a microwave culture, and I don't mean that because you're cooking all your meals in the microwave, but I think there is something about this generation that everything's really quick. Everything's really quick. You expect things quickly. And it's like, like technology's really quick, like way beyond me. I I can't keep up with technology, which is why I still use paper. Um, Text messages, quick, Snapchats, everything comes and disappears really quick. WhatsApp's really quick. Emails, loads more things that you guys probably use that I have no idea about because I'm not cool. Um, but technology is really quick, okay? And what's trendy and what's not trendy changes really quickly. It's really hard to keep up with the latest trends. Um, fashion changes quickly. And boyfriends and girlfriends change really quickly. And um, everything is constantly changing. And it's a bit of a microwave culture. Um, I've got a little boy who I was talking to you about yesterday, and he's called Elijah. He's six, nearly turning seven. And he's just here a phase, like... He likes to be cool, he likes to hang out with the cool kids, and he likes to fit in, okay? So he's suddenly hit a phase that he wants to have whatever the latest craze is. So he had, like, fidget spinners about, was it a year ago? About fidget spinners he had. Then and fidget cubes, he moved on to fidget cubes, so then we had them. Um, then he had slime, which is a nightmare, gets new carpet. Um, and now, right, he's got squishy toys, which basically is like a dog toy, for a child. So he, he's got like a bit of 
like looks like popcorn and it squishes. So he's like, const- like I can't, I can't keep up with him because every day, like I'm like, this is the new thing, and then we go, yeah, you can spend eight pounds on a squishy toy, um, and then the next day it's like he wants the next thing. So even for him, like little, he's in his generation, things are moving quickly, like constantly, things are changing, um, and so over recent years, the next slide can come up. You're going to like this one. This is my husband. I told you about my husband yesterday. He's lovely. He's not in the room today. He's too embarrassed about the photo, I think. Okay, so, um, so over recent years, now I've got a young family, I've started using my microwave less, but I've started using a slow cooker. Anyone here got a slow cooker? Oh, quite a few. Yeah, okay. Uh, I thought it was because I was getting old, but maybe it's not. Okay, so my husband, being the lovely man that he is, decided that when we got married, he should buy me a slow cooker. Because that's what you do, to bless your wife. And I wasn't very happy, and in fact, I've really moaned about it. I was like, I've lived all my life without a slow cooker. My mum and dad didn't have a slow cooker. He was like, no, we need a slow cooker for you to cook me nice food. Okay, so... um, this is my husband with our microwave, and this is my husband with our slow cooker. Hopefully that image will stick in your head so you remember this talk. <laughs> Everyone that knows him thinks it's really funny. <laughs> okay, so to cook something, and what am I telling you about slow cookers? To cook something in a slow cooker, you have to leave it for hours rather than for minutes. Okay? In a microwave, you can put something in for 30 seconds and it can be warm. In a slow cooker, you have to leave it for... In my slow cooker, a minimum of four hours you have to leave it for, okay? So you put everything in, you put your vegetables in, you put your meat in, you whack the top on, you turn it on, and you just leave it. And think, when you start using it, you think, is that actually going to do anything? And then you leave the house, and four hours later, you walk in, and the aroma has filled the house. And everything in the slow cooker, the meat soaks up the flavours of everything else in the slow cooker. The meat tenderises, goes soft. Anyone feeling hungry? Yeah, and um, so everything tastes. In my opinion, things taste a lot better in the slow cooker than they do in the microwave. The reason I'm telling you this is because in order to get things that taste nicer, you have to wait longer. In the slow cooker, you have to wait longer. And I think that our current culture and the, your generation that's coming through, I think would benefit by being a slow cooker generation rather than a microwave culture. Because if we could learn to slow down and linger longer in the moment in your relationships, in your friendships, um, in conversations with people, I think we would be much richer for it. Um, And when it comes to our relationship with God and our relationship with the Bible and with encountering God, I think that we would become much more flavoursome, much more tasty if we lingered longer with him, instead of zipping in and out, reading our bit of the Bible for the day, using our Bible notes, quickly getting them over and done with and leaving it, or quickly praying our prayer and then leaving. Um, I think if we were to linger longer with God, we would find that w- things would be very different. But lingering longer, if you've ever tried it, can feel a little bit weird. So I don't know if you've ever been in a conversation with somebody um, and you've said all you've got to say, and they've said all they've got to say, and suddenly you hit a moment where it's really awkward. You're thinking, now what? Sometimes lingering longer, even with God, can feel like that. It's like I've prayed all I want to pray. Don't really feel like I'm hearing much. And that's it, I'm just going to leave it and move on. But we're missing a trick because actually, if we could be slow cookers in God's presence and wait, and even when it feels awkward and we're not experiencing anything, wait a bit longer and wait a bit longer, there'll be a moment every time 
that God and his Holy Spirit will break in. You might have to wait hours, <laughs> but there will be a moment when he will break in. He'll break into your thought patterns. He'll break in and answer prayers. He'll change your situation and he'll rest with you and it'll be worth the wait. And so today we are going to practice being slow cookers, not microwaves, and we're going to try and linger longer. Okay, so about 15 years ago, um, I was a youth worker in a place called Nuneaton. I'm not, is there anyone from Nuneaton? No, Nuneaton's a place in the Midlands. It's a cool place. Um, I was a youth worker there, and I worked on a double-decker bus with young people. And a guy came along, and he said, I'm going to teach you to linger longer, um, and I'm going to do an activity with you. Um, and when he explained the activity, I thought, that is weird, but went with it, and it changed my life. It stayed with me, and that's the activity that we're going to do today with you guys. So just a heads up, you might think, this is weird, but I'm hoping it might change your life. Um, so... In a bit, we're going to get into groups, well, right now, we're going to get into groups of six to eight people, which is a lot of you in the room, and you don't all know each other, um, and you might have only come with one person, and you might be thinking, I don't want to sit with anyone that I don't know. Don't worry, you're not going to have to like, be really vulnerable with people. Um, so what we're going to ask you to do, I'm going to put a timer on the screen, it's going to be like a one-minute intense countdown. In that one minute, I would like you to get into groups of six to eight-ish people, and sort of just try and sit together, so you're obviously a group. You might need to grab your stuff and move a little bit. Okay, go. You passed the test. You got into groups. Well done. Okay, so you might want to say hello to the people in your group around you. You're going to be sitting with them for the rest of the seminar. Um, So, okay, we're going to, in a minute, I'm going to explain what we're going to do. So the premise of this activity is that we are going to meditate together. So we're going to linger longer together with our slow cooker mentality. Okay, so I just want to encourage you before we get going, this is a safe place, okay? We've got a, a bit of a journey together. And um, so if you're thinking, I already am starting to think, what have I let myself in for? Don't panic. It's going to be really simple. Um, and no one is going to embarrass you. I'm not going to ask you to do anything wa- too wacky or stand up here and do anything. Okay, so before we get going with it, there's a guy you might have heard of. He's called Graham Cook. I'm a big fan of Graham Cook. I read lots of his stuff and listen to it. Um, and he talks about meditation. And I just thought it'd be really... I don't know, when I said that word, I don't know if any of you thought, that's weird. Um, but the word meditation um, is a little bit provocative. So sometimes um, when you say that, people think, that's dodgy. That's a bad thing. Meditation's not good. Um, and it, it can have things attached to it like that. Um, but do you know what? Meditation is a biblical thing as well. And... In the Bible, people spend time with God, meditating, filling themselves up with God. And it's, it can be a mystical word, um, but it's, we're not doing anything dodgy, okay? We're not emptying our heads and trying to enter a place of zen or something. We are filling ourselves with God. That's the point of it. We're filling ourselves with God. And nothing can go wrong if you fill yourself with God. Okay? So, Graham Cook says this. Meditation is a room in our hearts that has two doors. One door is knowledge and the other experience. The rule of meditation is this. You must exit by the door opposite the one you entered. Let's read it again. Meditation is a room in our hearts that has two doors. One door is knowledge and the other experience. The rule of meditation is this. You must exit by the door opposite the one you entered. What does that mean? What is Graham Cook saying? I think he's saying this. I think he's saying that if when you spend time with God, 
you are somebody, like the way that you are naturally wired is you're somebody who has an experiential sense of God's presence. You Physically, you experience God's presence. If that's you, then that is great. If you're somebody that when you spend time with God and you get knowledge, head knowledge, that is great. They're both great. But whichever one you are naturally, you might be both, whichever one you are naturally, it's saying, Graham's saying, you need to receive the other one. Okay? So just to help you with this, so I'm not confusing you, I'm just going to show you some lists of what knowledge and experience are. So knowledge is understanding through information. So it's head knowledge through information. Knowing something in your head. Learning at face value through facts that are out before you. So you know it in your head. Okay, experience is feeling something of the truth through your senses, having an emotional response to something, the Holy Spirit bringing something alive to you, and something, information traveling from your head to your heart. Okay, so both of these things are right. There's nothing wrong with them. Knowledge is good. Experience is good. But when you enter God's presence and have knowledge, so it might be you're reading the Bible and you're reading words, and you get your head knowledge. You understand it, okay, in your head. Graham's saying that before you leave God's presence, you need to pray that God, by his Holy Spirit, will give you revelation of those words, of that head knowledge. That it will be revelation that you would glean his wisdom, not knowledge wisdom, his supernatural wisdom on what you're reading. That you will have insight into all that he's got for you, and that you will have experience. You'll experience the words that you're reading, Okay, that it will become real to you, that your knowledge, your head knowledge, will be cemented by an experience. Okay, does that make sense? I see a few nodding heads. Okay, but if you're somebody who's the other way around and you enter into God's presence or reading the word or prayer and you just have an experiential experience of God, um, then you need knowledge to establish truth in your heart and your life. Okay, if you just have an experience but you haven't received any knowledge about it it's like it can just be a fleeting experience it's not rooted in anything okay so the thing is if you enter by experience and you leave by experience without getting the knowledge there's a danger that you've not learned any truth to affect your life there'll be no change but if you enter and leave by knowledge there's a danger that you've merely you've just learned some words in your notebook and you will remain unaffected Okay, either way, if you leave by the way that you entered, you, the danger is that you're going to leave unaffected by God. That in itself might be a revelation to you. You might be thinking, ah, oh, you've hit something. That's me. I don't linger enough to get the other thing. Okay, so that's what we're going to do in meditation today. We're lingering longer so that you either, you leave by the door that you didn't enter. Okay, does that make sense? Okay, you're with me. Okay, so we're going to go on a bit of a journey together and focus our attention on his word. I'm going to try and lead this from the front. There are a few um, red caps and ministry team people around. Um, you might have youth leaders with you who can help facilitate this in your group. If not, the red caps are going to be around to help facilitate what we're doing just in case it's not landing, my instructions not landing. Okay, so we're going to read something together. So we've got Proverbs, sorry, really famous verse, you've probably heard it before, read it before, Proverbs 3, 5 to 6. What we're going to do is we're going to read this out loud together, okay? Don't need to be embarrassed about your voice because everyone's going to do it together. So I'm going to count to three. We're not going to read the Proverbs, but just the trust onwards. We're going to read it slowly together, okay? After three. One, two, three. Trust in the Lord with all your heart 
and do not lean on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge him and he will make straight your paths. Paths or paths. I'm from the Midlands, so I say paths. Okay, brilliant. You go. First step of our activity. You got it. So we're going to use this verse. This verse is going to get in your head by the end of the session, okay? So uh, it's not going to be up there the whole time either. Okay, so it's going to get in your head. So what we're going to do, I'm going to pray, and then we're going to move on to our next step of the activity. Father God, I want to thank you for each person in here, Lord. I want to thank you, Father, that you have got something to reveal to them through this verse. Lord, these aren't merely words that we're reading. This is truth. And this can affect our lives, Lord. And I just pray for each person here that um, you would just still any anxious thoughts or nerves or worries about doing this activity. Lord, I pray that you would help each person to enter into it, to enjoy it. And Lord, I pray for each person that they would leave having um, a full experience, Father, of you, that they would have head knowledge, but they would have heart knowledge too. They would have complete revelation um, from you of what this verse means in their life. Lord, help us to linger longer. Help us to um, get past the awkwardness and the clunkiness of doing something like this, Father, that feels a bit weird. I pray you'd help us to get beyond that and to really receive something from you this morning. Amen. Okay, so what we're going to do, um, stay in your groups, sit in your groups, but what I'd like you to do, Joel is going to come, he's going to appear from somewhere, our famous guitar player. He's going to just strum on his guitar a little bit. Um, and individually, so not like with your other people in your group, individually, I'd like you to read through this verse five times. Okay? So it should take you about five minutes because you're not just going to read it really quickly like you would normally. Each word you're going to take like two or three seconds so you're going to read it like this trust in the sounds weird doesn't it you're thinking why is she making us do that trust me okay so you're reading it five times that slowly but not out loud just in your head while joel just strums on the guitar and then we're going to come back together and do something else Um, okay, so yeah, it goes against the way that we work, doesn't it? Slowing right down. It feels really unnatural. Um, okay, so what we're going to do now is we're going to work in our groups. So turn into your groups. You might want to sit in a circle. Um, you might want to nominate somebody in your group who's going to be the person who keeps track of how many times you do this, okay? So we're now going to read the verse again five times. But the way you're going to do it is you're going to pick a starting person in your group um, and they are going to say three words. So they're going to say, trust in the. The next person is going to say, Lord with all. Okay, so three words each. And you're going to read around the verse five times. So you might need somebody to keep track until you've got to your fifth time. Again, I think it will probably take you about five minutes. You're not rushing. You're going really slowly. And as you're doing it, you're letting the words and the passage just really fill your imagination. You're really thinking about what the words mean. What do those words mean? They're not just words. They mean something. So you're thinking about that as you're doing it. Okay, and then we'll come back together again. So, go.
Okay, hopefully I'm not interrupting you in the flow. Do most people get to the end of five times? Okay. Okay, so now what we're going to do is um, you need to stay sort of near your group because you're going to turn to them again in a bit, but you might just want to find a little bit of your own space because you might want to lie down or just be by yourself, okay? Um, so what we're going to do now is you're going to do what you started off doing and you're going to um, go through this verse five times slowly again, but... Um, you're going to close your eyes and do it, okay? It is going to stay there on the screen. We're not going to be mean. It is going to stay there. Um, but the idea is that you close your eyes and you go through this in your head um, slowly another five times. And you should start to find... So you've been doing this for just over 10 minutes now, reading this verse. And you should start to find that like the flywheel of activity in your head and in your heart starts to slow down. As you start to focus on truth, on this scripture, you should find that all those other distractions and things that are going on, you start to filter out. When you first started, you might have been kept thinking about, oh, what are we going to have for lunch? Uh, actually, we need the toilet, or all these other things come into your head. You should start to find as you focus that this that starts to slow down. I'm not saying it might disappear completely, but it will start to slow down, okay, the more you focus on the scripture. So, I'm going to take another sort of five-ish minutes and um, for you to close your eyes, lie down, chill out, however you want to do it, and just immerse yourself in this scripture by closing your eyes if you can. But if you can't, then it's on the screen. Okay. In this sort of slow down, full of scripture state that you're hopefully in we're gonna pause okay and Liz and David are just gonna um, and whoever else is able to help we're just gonna hand out some pens and paper um, and we're just gonna now take a few minutes for you to you want to close your eyes again and sit with your paper and pen and just to allow God to drop things into your heart just to keep keep going through this verse in your head so, if you, if, so don't panic, don't think I've got to hear something from God. Just keep going over the verse in your head. If that's all you do, that's fine. Okay, but it might be that if you just take a few minutes to say, God, what is it specifically? Is there something specific you want to say to me through these words that I've been reading for nearly 20 minutes? Is there something that you've got specifically for me? And it might be that you have pictures from the day gone by or from the last couple of days gone by that come into your head it might see be that you feel something in your heart you have a feeling come into your heart it might be you have absolutely nothing okay and if that's the case don't condemn yourself don't think i've failed at this activity it doesn't mean that at all a lot of the time i do this activity i have absolutely nothing that is fine okay um and if that is you and you just think I don't know what to do. Just keep going through the verse in your head and just wait in the richness and the peace that's in the room. Just wait. Just allow God. Do you know what? When you're in God's presence, he will do you good even if you don't feel anything. Just by being in God's presence, you will have been done good to by God because he's a good God. And you will be changed for the better by being in his presence even if you don't feel anything. So be encouraged that if you're getting nothing, not feeling anything, as you leave this place, you will be changed from the inside, even if you don't feel it. 
Okay, we're just going to take a few minutes for you to do that. Use the paper and pen to scribble things down as they drop into your heart. Pictures, you might want to draw things. Go for it. Okay, if you want to just turn back in your group, so we're just going to take a couple of minutes um, for you to just chat for a couple of minutes in your groups and just to share with each other, not necessarily what's on your paper unless you really want to, that's for you, okay, so you don't have to share that, um, but just to share how you found this activity, just to share, did you find it difficult, did you find it easy, has God spoken to you, have you experienced anything different, is it the first time you've lingered longer in his presence, how did it feel, um, just share with your group but you might you might have something really specific on your piece of paper that's really encouraging for you and for the people you might want to share that just for two minutes and then we're going to round up that's having up Okay, sorry to interrupt, I know you're all chatting. It's good, some good conversations hopefully going on. Hopefully you guys have been encouraged by, um, by the activity. Um, and and I just, just remind you again, if there's anything that has been really encouraging or any breakthrough that you might have had, please put them onto our tags at the front and tie them onto this thing just to um, help us as a team, that'd be great. Um, and if you feel like the Holy Spirit has just really been on your case, just even through this activity, and just like touched on some stuff that you think, actually, I wasn't expecting that. I think I could do with some prayer on that. Please, um, we're going to finish formally in a second, but you can come forward and the prayer team are here to pray for you. Or um, if since yesterday, like God's been on your case about the whole thing, if you haven't got a true picture really of who God is or how you don't see yourself as God sees you, Please don't leave this place. That will radically change, radically change your walk with God and radically change your prayer life. If you're frustrated with yourself by not being able to pray and read your Bible and do this Christian thing, then come and get some prayer. Come and get some prayer about how you see yourself and how God sees you. And I promise you, it will completely change your walk with God. Um, So hopefully you've enjoyed the activity. And hopefully, I really pray that it's really blessed you. And this is a tool that will really help you and equip you um, as you leave this place, it might be and the next time you pick up the Bible, you just read it differently um, and that you linger longer with God um, and you're not so quick to rush in and rush out of his presence. I'm just going to pray to finish um, and then you guys are free to go. Yeah, Father God, I want to just thank you that you have been here present with us, Father, during this activity. Lord, I thank you that you always do us good. Um, and I trust, God, that you have done each person in this room good today, Father. Whether they realise it or not, whether they felt it or not, Father, you have done good to their souls. You've nourished us through your word. Um, and Lord, I pray that this verse would continue to speak to people for the rest of today and this week at New Day. That um, we would continue to just feast off this verse, these two verses, Lord, that it would continue to nourish us. Um, and Father, I just pray that you would be with every single person as they leave this room. Lord, that you would encourage them um, that they can do this. They can read scripture. They can spend time with you praying and, um, and they will be nourished for it. Father, I thank you, Father, that you want to do each person in here good. Help us, God, to spend more time with you and to linger longer in your presence. Amen. <laughs>